The Colors We See podcast, a podcast about discussing the human experience. We want to get a little bit into your story and how you started professional wrestling. So for those of you who don't know, professional wrestling, you know, it's what you think of when you think of WWE. You have the lights, the camera, the stage, and you have characters. So when characters, when you see them come on the stage, they uh, are either a heel or a face. And so what that means is when a character is a face, they're a likable person, they're a good character, there's, you know, they're righteous. You know, if you're a non-wrestling fan, when you hear somebody say they turned hill, that's when the character goes bad and they turn into some villain who wants retribution. So when you came up with your character, how did you do that? I came up with my name because it's my real name. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, Davian's really unique. So... I uh, am just going to use that since it's my real name. Um, and it took me a while. It took me a few years to kind of flush out um, the not America's sweetheart gimmick because I like really wasn't sure what to do. So when I first started wrestling, I was given the gimmick of kind of being like sporty spice. Um, and then I was like, oh, like, this just isn't really me. So then I was listening to a song called America's Sweetheart. And um, it says like, in, I'm not America's sweetheart, but you'll love me anyway. And I was like, hmm, that sounds like a really cool little tagline. So um, I started calling myself not America's sweetheart. And basically it's like, somebody who's not afraid to like go against the grain. Um, I've never really been like super normal. Um, I don't really fit in the box of like a typical female wrestler. I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to be not America's sweetheart. And I think it can be a heel character or a baby face character. Uh, it's very interchangeable. Um, and it's just basically my personality with the volume turned up to a hundred. Aren't someone who is the typical female wrestler. What do you mean by that? Um, you know, when you think of a typical female wrestler, it's like usually somebody who's like very attractive, like very in shape, um, and I, you know, was told like multiple times when I first started wrestling, like, you're not good looking enough to be on the show. Um, wait, wait, promoters were telling you that? The people who were booking these shows? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. And so it's just kind of something I struggled with my whole career of being like, oh, yeah, I'm just like, I don't, I don't look good enough. I'm not exactly what they're looking for. And I had to like harness that and be like, but that's what makes me stand out. And that's what makes me special. And that's what people relate to because they, they do want to see like a larger than life character, but they also kind of wrestling kind of changed like with Daniel Bryan and stuff to be like, yeah, like that guy could like, that could be me. Anybody could, could live their dream and be a wrestler. So that's really what I kind of like harnessed into my character is just like not trying to fit in anymore and just being authentically me. That's the best part about you as a character is that you're authentically yourself you're yourself heightened so in order to be a wrestler you have to be trained but from what i've heard from different indie wrestlers they say that they push you through the edge to make sure that this is what you want so they can weaver out the people who are just here for the theatrics so when you were there in the school was this something that they were telling you, hey, you might not be fitting this mold? No, my trainer was always very supportive of me. Um, and I think he wanted me to be more comfortable not fitting in 
Um, but I definitely wanted to fit in for a very long time. Like I was always like trying to like do things to make myself like look like a typical like female wrestler. I'd wear the gear of like the typical female wrestler, even though it like wasn't like super flattering. Like I was just trying, I didn't have a lot of help, um, or guidance from like other females in the business. Um, but my trainer was always very supportive. He was never one to be like, you're too ugly for this. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be like, this is an America's face right here. Yeah, yeah. No, he was always, he always wanted to me, me to be more confident. And you can tell when I'm watching your matches, I could tell that that's just who you are. You walk in this confidence and you move like, hey, I'm the baddest person that there is in this ring at this moment. <laughs> I definitely see your confidence and that's that I'm sure that took a while because you were trying to fit in with other wrestlers because even me as someone who is a podcaster like I don't know exactly what it means to be a podcaster but I'm pretty sure I don't fit in you know that you always feel like you're the outsider but you know those outsiders are always the ones who are gonna make a name like you mentioned Daniel Bryan dude does not fit like the structure of a what a wrestler should look like or what it did in the 80s but he did it. You said something that was really, it caught my attention. You said that you're not really like the average wrestling fan. How are you not like the average wrestling fan? I feel like the typical wrestling fan, like not to, you know, put a whole stereotype on wrestling fans, but like, you know, from like the internet, like wrestling community and stuff, they, they like a lot of the same things. Like, cartoons uh probably anime um it's like same type of music and you find it all throughout like wrestling culture and that's why I think these fans like all these same things um and I found it really hard to relate to what what I could market towards wrestling fans because the only thing that I had in common with them is that I liked wrestling I don't listen to like punk rock or like heavy metal like I like country music um I don't watch like the the tv shows that like most wrestling fans watch I I like like reality tv or like rom-coms and stuff like that um so I found it very very difficult to like relate to the average wrestling fan even though like I am a wrestling fan um a lot of the interest that they have outside of wrestling is not my same interests you're right i mean you think of like wrestlers like xavier woods he has a huge following of due to play games and you also think of guys like zach Ryder who collect toys and they even got a whole show on you know wwe network where they're collecting you know they're, they're very they're very people who collect they like collect this and they collect that and i think that's nice that not fit in with everybody but have that one thing in common which is wrestling at the end of the day, when you say that having the background of, of loving wrestling, how was it since you weren't like them? What did you do to win the crowd over? That's a great question because I was just booked as a heel for a really long time um, because I didn't have that piece to like relate. And then I think people just started to like that I was just like such for lack of a better term, like a bitch. And they just liked that I would go in there and like beat people up. So crowds just kind of turned um, with me. Uh, and so I didn't really change anything that I was doing. I just still beat people up, but I just don't get mad at the people. You know, they, they cheer me now. <laughs> so you were using what could have been against you as your advantage. Yeah, 
And while you were doing that, at what moment would you be like, oh my God, this is actually working. Can you tell us a specific moment where it hit you? Um, When crowds started handing me money in my entrance. Like handing you money? Like, what like do you mean by that? Like I'll make my entrance and they'll leave like dollar bills up on the guardrail for me just because they do. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I did a show last week and I made $76 in my entrance. Is this part of your character or anyone at all being able to get any money? coming down to the ring because if that's so hey i want some gas money let me just make my way down to a wrestling ring it all started with one fan like leaving a dollar and i took it and they thought it was funny so then there'd be like two dollars and i was i was still a heel but i was like i'm not gonna like leave the money there so i would take it and then it became it like just kind of started to spread throughout the crowd and then the promotion you know put me in a tag team and i started doing a lot of intergender matches and i turned babyface and then it became like a new england thing that these fans love to just leave dollar bills on the guardrail for me so they'll literally like go to the bank and get, you know, $10 in singles and just leave it out on the guardrail for me to walk by and take it. And they think it's hysterical. And you make a couple bucks while having a good time. Oh, it's fantastic. It's the greatest thing ever. So when you were coming up with your entrance at any moment where you're just like, man, I got to match this with my character. How did you come up with your entrance? Um, so my entrance just kind of just like happened um it just became a thing like I didn't notice that I do this pose um I like I like pop my hip out and like put my hands out I didn't notice I did this pose all the time um until my friends started mimicking it and I was like oh my god like that's my pose that I do I have a very bad habit of walking on my tiptoes and I speak with my hands a lot um I'm a very like expressive speaker coming up with my entrance like I also have a very commanding walk so I just walk how I normally do um it's just like very intense and then I just out of habit of like popping my hip and walking on my toes I just had this pose that I do and now I know it's my pose but for forever I didn't I didn't know it was <laughs> you were just like well Maybe that's just me walking. You took notice of that and you used that for your entrance. Yeah, pretty much. It just kind of just happened. So with coming up with an entrance and coming up with a character, like how does a wrestler find specific outfit that fits them? Do you get yourself measured and then you go to a designer? How does that work? So um, I had so much trouble finding like reliable gear makers when I was first coming up. And you know, I hate 90% of all the gear I had like for my first five years. And then I actually, um, through like other girls starting to train, we all kind of were searching for, for gear designers and gear makers and like Instagram also really helped with, the, you know, you can just search like a hashtag of like gear designer or whatever. And so one of my friends, you know, just discovered this girl in California and was like, you should really get gear by her. And so I messaged her and I just told her, you know, a general idea of what I was looking for I was like oh I like a lot of dark colors like I like Marvel I kind of want to look like a villain blah 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 and she came back with this really sick design and and she sewed it for me she you know uh she took an old set of my gear and looked at pictures of me in it and was like oh this is where it like doesn't really fit 
And then she just, you know, made the, made a new set of gear for me that fit really, really well. And she's been my designer ever since. So I go to her and I'm like, Hey, I want Disney gear or I want not America's sweetheart gear. And then she uses her genius to come up with it and she sells it. (laughs) Where are you from exactly? Massachusetts. So you got a designer from California through Instagram you just searched it up through a hashtag uh yeah so my designer before her I found through Instagram and then um one of my friends this girl was making gear for so I ended up the, the my previous gear maker ended up not making gear anymore so I was again like shafted with no gear maker but then my friend Alicia was like oh you should really hit up this girl and so I did and she's incredible I like to hear stories like that you can literally find somebody to to get a job done by just doing a hashtag on Instagram and so when you're buying this gear do you pick the colors and and everything that comes with it how how does like you draw them out how does it go about like buying ring gear yeah I can't draw for for crap so I just tell her hey I want a one-piece bodysuit these are my problem areas that I want to be like covered up Uh, I like mesh I like rhinestones these are the colors I'm thinking and she just does it all so when you order them and like the first time that you found her were you kind of nervous about ordering gear from someone who was like far away? Pretty much always nervous about ordering gear. Um, if it's my first time with somebody, because I've just had nightmare after nightmare after nightmare with gear. Because I had known her her other work, I was like, oh, like this girl's gonna kill it. Like she sent me the design, she sent me pictures all throughout the sewing process. So I was like, this gear is going to be amazing. And when I got it, you know, in the mail, it fit. And that's, you know, all that mattered. <laughs> so when it doesn't fit, you you have to go get it tailored? Um, so I've never designer. run into a problem with my gear not fitting. Um, but if it didn't, I would probably send it back and have her make the adjustments. I do have a few friends who like make gear. If my gear rips or something, I can give it to them and have them just do a quick patch. But I've never had an issue with my gear not fitting. That's good. I mean, because it would be kind of hard to like show up to a wrestling show and it's like, oh, these don't fit. I'm a better like pull yeah. up and have them rip. Ah, oh, man, that's that seems like a, a really bad time. Have you ever pulled up to a wrestling show and something just not go right before you get there? Yeah, that's pretty often like you hit traffic um and it's just like a day from hell and you you usually arrive to the show two hours early but then like instead you get so much traffic and you get there when like the show is starting and you gotta like throw on your gear throw on your face and like hopefully put a match together and it's just a mess trying to put a match together when it's rushed because usually you guys as professional wrestlers you guys meet up like you said the two hours earlier and you just go through and you meet the person you're supposed to wrestle or rep or the people that you're gonna wrestle and then you're like uh you're just there talking to them and then you just do the match like that's it how do you know like, how do you know um, the person's moveset that they got and how do they know yours? We usually just tell each other <laughs> um, and hopefully you've at least met the person once or twice. Um, but I'm to the point now where I can basically like vomit up a match with anybody that I'm wrestling. Just think, okay, blah, 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 this is what we're going to do. And that's it. And that's when you go into the wrestling ring and you can put yourself at harm, you're trusting the other person to make sure that they land that move right. Does that kind of scare you as like a 
independent wrestler because you can be retired from it like there's no no retirement right no there's definitely no um retirement because you you just stop (laughs) um there's no like 401k for an indie wrestler but yeah it's definitely it's something that's very scary like every single time you get in the ring you you can get hurt so it's something very very scary so having wrestled all these indie scenes how many promotions have you wrestled for say at least 50 yeah i think i think at least 50 i'm i i'm not 100 percent sure so what's the end goal for you uh end goal for me would be wwe what about uh the promotion that sticks out to you more than others um wwe has just always been um my dream since i was 11 uh, it's what made me a wrestling fan. Uh, so absolutely not turned down an opportunity with any other like TV promotion, but WWE just, you know, it's, it's just, it's what made me a wrestling fan. So I would want, I would want to be there. What would you do? Um, say you have like a freak injury, not that's going to happen, but like say something happens down the line where you're just like, you know what? I don't want to wrestle no more. What are you going to do in WWE? Um, I would love to um, be a coach at the Performance Center. So you just like can vomit matches is what you said earlier. So if someone if someone was like, hey, let's let's work together and can you help me out with the storyline? Would you be able to come up with a come up with a story that and all and all for the character at the time? I, I think I could come up with a pretty compelling story. Um, I, I like to do that because with COVID, um, I've had like more control in my own storylines um, and more input. So I think that would be really cool. Since WWE is the goal, have you ever gotten us? Like, have you had a scout look at you so you can go do a tryout match? I have heard through other people that I know that I have had eyes on me, but not anything directly. <laughs> like all the scouts looking out, look, we got our eyes on her. Like we want to know like, what she's about. How does that yeah, work? Like talent agent. Like they usually have a, a talent relations agent that watches like independent wrestling and they watch the indies for what they want. So yeah, I know that certain people have watched like, some of my matches yeah can you at least let us know who they are uh no <laughs> and it was it was worth a try i almost got you to, to say why not i i know it's very top secret <laughs> you on wwe that's that's the most amazing thing it's gonna be incredible that you got a podcast with us so behind working on your character and coming up with your moveset what do you do outside of wrestling that kind of helps build more uh attraction towards you as a person outside of wrestling um i have a full-time job so uh i'm a paralegal so that keeps me pretty busy um and then i spent most of covid remodeling my home bought last january uh and then i basically just like go to the gym and go to training that's pretty much my whole life sounds like a fun long road that's going to lead to this amazing luxurious life that you have coming towards you fingers crossed right <laughs> yes that's always like oh man i'm working really hard i think they're you got to get that brass ring how do you feel about this idea of like they're bringing a brass ring in wwe and some people grab it and other people don't i feel like people's 
brass ring is just different. It depends on what you want. Like, uh, I feel like, yeah, everybody would want to be like a top star, but the the dream is to get there. Right. Uh, and then you just do your best to stay there and, uh, and just enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy every moment and just so say you're signed to WWE and you're there and you've reached all these brass rings that you could and you've accomplished everything that you've wanted to do what's next for you I mean you can't be a wrestler forever so I would actually want like my own reality tv show and I want to live on a farm and uh just like maybe do some indies uh if I'm still physically able and probably open my own wrestling school that's what I was going to ask next. Like, would you be open to having a wrestling school? Yeah, I think so. I think I would really enjoy that. What's the biggest thing that you learned from being on the independent scene that you're going to take to pro now? Well, when that happens. The biggest thing I learned on the independence is to just appreciate the journey. You know, you, you struggle for a long time. And then when, if you do make it, um, you can just really appreciate the journey. The journey. There is good and there's bad what are some of your good matches and some of your bad and what was that like being a part of those some of my most recent good matches uh, myself versus Ava Everett from Limitless Wrestling Del versus uh, Becca from Limitless Wrestling and myself versus JT Dunn at uh, chaotic wrestling being in those matches it just like felt like another level it's just so just so much emotion going through it in my worst matches I was in a triple threat main event tag match WSU that was just terrible like all called in the ring um and kind of like nobody could get on the same page and in those bad matches you just want to go to the finish and go to the back and fry and then like eat junk food <laughs> i'm probably never doing this again <laughs> how long do you think it's going to take for the scouts to keep looking at you i have no idea i try not to set a timeline um because if i do i'll just stress myself out but if i'm not signed by the time 35 i will be hanging it up <laughs> So glad you're still here. If you're enjoying this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, share this with a friend. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Can't wait to hear everyone's review and what you think of the show. Also, don't forget to meditate and drink lots of water. Now let's get back into this podcast. All right, so these are some questions that the fans have pulled in on Instagram. For those of you listening, if you want to ask some questions to our uh, to our guests on the show, all you have to do when I when we're on Instagram and we post questions for the, them to be asked, just submit them and your questions will be answered. So if you'd like to read off a couple of the questions that our fans have submitted. Um, so what is the craziest move that I have in my move set? Probably my finish, the Davy End Your Life. Whoa, that's the name of your finisher? yes <laughs> that that's definitely not a move that you want to like get hit hit on by like that sucked how did you come up with the name so i was using the move for like five years and it went through a series of different names and then um anthony green who is now known as august gray in nxt and 205 live said why don't you just call it the davy end your life and i was like why couldn't you come up with that five years ago right <laughs> he came up with the name and another question that someone asked is, 
How is your pre-match routine? My pre-match routine is, is not really anything like intricate. I do a lot of stretching and that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) What's your biggest fear? My biggest fear is losing a limb. Oh, from wrestling or just in general? No, just in general. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, can you lose a limb from wrestling? Yeah. No. Like if I was in an accident or something and they were like, you have to cut off your pinky toe, I would probably have them like, give me the lethal injection. I'd be like, nah, I can't. I'm you can't sorry. wear flip-flops with the missing toe. <laughs> this is the last one. Maybe you want to uh, like read it and ask it. because <laughs> The last one. Uh, Print Sport 193. I'm sorry. I'm not single. So um, unfortunately, I am taken. <laughs> unfortunately, that's a good thing for you. I mean, great for me. I don't know about my about my man's if he's super happy with it, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm about to say, I'm a delight. He's very he's very lucky to have me. You just ended (laughs) his life with that. You did your move. You're like, that's it. You're done. So now I have a couple of questions I'm going to ask you just personally. As someone who is a wrestling fan, and I've been watching wrestling for a really long time. What were some of your favorite wrestlers growing up? Favorite wrestlers were uh, Randy Orton, John Cena, Batista, uh, Trish Stratus, Lita, and Beth Phoenix. I'm glad that you mentioned Trish Stratus because a lot of people like to discredit her and saying, no, she wasn't. No, she was an amazing wrestler and she did a lot, I feel like, for the women's division. How do you feel about the women's division right now? And like what's happening with it. it's better than the men, to be honest with you. Because I watch some of these women's matches, I'm like, guys need to step it up. They're doing something. I think the women's division is great. I think WWE has the best women's division um, in the world, uh, and I think they knock it out of the park every time. I I think it's they're killing it. They got the best women wrestlers right now in the world. What's the first championship that you want to win? When you get to WWE. Well, okay. I want to win the NXT Women's Championship, but I would also want to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. Knowing that most times WWE, they take their talent to NXT first, and then they draft them in, into different shows. What's the first show that you want to be drafted to outside of NXT? Would you want to be drafted to Raw or SmackDown first? SmackDown. Why? Uh, because they're blue. Um, and I liked SmackDown better when I was a kid because they're blue. Just the color has to do with the color. Not even yeah, it's, it's solely for the color because my favorite color is blue. Um, I usually like ha- would have like most of my gear blue, um, like blues in my logo. I just I love everything blue, so I would want to be on the blue brand. On the blue brand, yeah, that, that makes kind of sense. Well, since you've wrestled in multiple rings, what's your favorite style of wrestling ring to wrestle in? Because I know there's a four-sided and a six-sided, but have you ever wrestled in any any one of those types of rings? I have not wrestled in a six-sided, and I really don't want to. Why not? Um, it sounds like a lot of I, TNA throwback right there. Yeah, it just seems really odd to me. Um, like it kind of you kind of have to wrestle to understand um like the positioning and like where you're gonna run to and hitting the ropes and stuff 
like just having an extra two ropes to hit just it would just mess with my brain so bad that uh I'm just gonna stick to the four <laughs> all right I mean it's six six-sided ring I mean a lot of wrestlers were complaining about it. I think Sting and AJ Styles they didn't like the idea of it I mean they till this day they still don't have fun with that but when it comes to merchandise what is an item that you have sold that it was like it just hit like it was out of park uh when it came when it came to your fan base um i think like um my my t-shirts with the not america sweetheart design really killed it um and i made pins last year and the pins sold really fast it was wild Pins. Uh, where can people go out and buy your merchandise from? They can buy it on ProWrestlingTees.com. I have a store on there. Or I have a big cartel store um, where you can get merch. Or you can message me directly on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and I can sh- send you what I have. And you can see what you want. So what are your internet handles? On Instagram and Twitter, both at Davian underscore underscore. Well, thank you for being on the show. Any last words? Um, Thank you so much for, for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. No problem. Who are some wrestlers that you want to shout out right now? I'll give a shout out to my girl, Becca. She's the leader of the Scrunchie Squad. She's incredible. She's up and coming. She's killing it. I love her to death. What about some wrestling promotions? Chaotic Wrestling and Limitless Wrestling. If you haven't seen anything from them, definitely check them out. Available on uh, IWTV, YouTube, Twitch, um, Best Wrestling there is. So definitely watch it. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. It's The Color Jose from The Colors We See podcast. Whatever you do, stay tuned.